Hello once again to all our listeners and welcome to the second episode of the IVSA Kelantan Podcast Program. Our speaker for today is Dr. Muhammad Lukman bin Nordin, who will be talking about emerging veterinary drugs. Dr. Lukman is from Johor but is currently residing in Kuala Nerus, Terengganu. In 2014, he graduated from University Malaysia Kelantan with a degree in veterinary medicine. He then obtained a Master's of Veterinary Medicine. Sciences in the field of veterinary pharmacology and toxicology from University Putra Malaysia. Currently, Dr. Lukman is pursuing his PhD in drugs and vaccine technologies at University Kebangsaan Malaysia. He is also a lecturer at the Faculty of Veterinary Medicine (UMK) in clinical pharmacology, toxicology, and critical care. Welcome, Dr. Lukman. Welcome. Thank you, Dr. Lady. I think it's important for us to understand how self-sufficient Malaysia is in terms of veterinary drugs. So, does Malaysia still rely heavily on imported products when it comes to veterinary drugs? Thank you to the Chilady. Assalamualaikum and very good day to everyone. First and foremost, I would like to give my special thanks to the RBSA for inviting me. Okay, and then I want to make a disclaimer first. This is my personal view. Just uh, to the best of my knowledge, especially uh, pertaining to the drugs rules and regulation, I may not the best person to talk about veterinary drugs in Malaysia because I'm an academician and scientist. But however, I try my very best uh, to give an input within my capacity. Cause uh, we still rely on an imported products especially uh, for the veterinary uses. In addition, in fact, most of the pharmaceutical company most, mostly interest to invest on the uh, human sector rather than veterinary medicine. So how do you think the laws in Malaysia affect this in terms of bringing in imported products and registration and use of the veterinary drugs? Oh, actually, and when we talk about the drugs, is very uh, complex. And when we talk about drugs, rule and regulation is is involved with many sectors. So it's not just about veterinary medicine; it's also involved in human sector, and we also bound with the National Pharmaceutical Regulatory Agency (NPRA) and the Ministry of Health Malaysia. Okay, we have to know eh, that currently all veterinary-related products need to be registered under National Pharmaceutical Regulatory Agency (NPRA) under Ministry of Health Malaysia, under Sales of Drug Act 1952 and Control of Drug and Cosmetic Regulation 1984. A product as defined in regulations means that a drug in any dosage form or otherwise. For the use wholly or mainly by being administered to the one or more animals for a medicinal purposes, okay, a drug to be used as ingredient of a preparation for a medicinal purpose and cosmetics. So, to the best of my knowledge, to that we don't have the capacity to develop or create our own uh, drugs. Mostly, we rely on imported uh, products. I see. So let's proceed to the topic of emerging drugs. For new drugs, can you describe how drug effectiveness is normally tested, and what is the protocol to determine if a drug is working well? Actually, this is a long story and procedure. To create a uh, drugs is really time-consuming and 
involve a huge amount of money. So in brief, usually all drugs or compound or substance need to be investigated and uh, need to be studied uh, in vitro. First line, usually in vitro involving tissue culture, and then uh, proceed to the animal study. And then in the end, the clinical trials, meaning that they are tested on the human. Don't forget about the safety of the drugs to the patient. This is equally important as the effectiveness. So meaning that even the drug is effective, but it is not safe, the drug cannot be launched. I will pass the floor to Ada. She will be asking the next question. Uh, moving on to the next question, in your opinion, what do you think about the diseases that don't have any uh, cure yet? So when we talk about disease that does not have a cure, definitely disease that derive or come from the virus mostly. Current one is from coronavirus, okay, even COVID for human and animal also can be affected by the coronavirus species. For, for, for example, for the chicken, we have a uh, disease called infectious bronchitis caused by coronavirus, but specifically affect the chicken and also uh, turkey. And then uh, we also have a disease uh, that affect the cats, also from the coronavirus, feeling infectious peritonitis. Until now, we don't have a really specific treatment for that disease. Usually we treat it symptomatically. When we're talking about the diseases, like what are the diseases that are associated with these uh, new veterinary drugs? Like, can you give us some example for the new veterinary drugs? Okay, actually, right, when we talk about newest veterinary drugs in the country right now, uh, we, we, we currently don't have a new antibiotics. We also have limited data about safetyness and also its efficacy. I don't have a new antibiotics that are available for the veterinary medicine. So perhaps the latest drug that available is NSAID group, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory groups named Dracozid. All right. To the best of my knowledge, it's still not available in Malaysia market. We, we make uh, awareness about the antimicrobial resistance and so on and so forth, right? Because microbe may evolve more faster than development of drugs. Now, currently, we have a problem, superbug, superbug syndrome, so on and so forth. This is very challenging issue that we are facing right now because we don't have many drugs, but yet we have more diseases than the drugs. Itself, meaning that microbes more may evolve more faster than the development of the drugs. Like I said before, because perhaps you know the development of drug is not easy. Racosib is the not antimicrobial drug. It is a type of anti non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. It has the anti-inflammatory analgesic effects. Okay. Also antiparaxics. Mostly it been used for the dogs with osteoarthritis and to reduce uh, a pain in the date i haven't seen this drug in malaysia but it have been registered according to the food and drugs administrations fda this is our last question for today we all know that 
Ivermectin is famous nowadays due to COVID-19 pandemic. And why do you think so? And what are the veterinarian scope in educating the public in this matter? Okay, this is a very hot topic when uh, we talk about Ivermectin. Actually, Ivermectin uh, become famous when it has been proven in several recent laboratory lab work at the tissue culture level, which show that uh, drugs able to inhibit viral multiplication up to 5,000 times in 48 hours with a single treatment. And it's been published in a few journals. You must know that it must be given at a higher dose than a normal dose. And then when you give a higher dose than the normal dose, and then when you want to translate into the animal use, it is not appropriate. Uh, and then because the study was conducted solely at the tissue culture level and at the microgram quantity, meaning that it's very small, high dose of ivermectin are strongly discouraged in the normal treatment of animals by veterinarian because they can produce toxicity, drug resistance and a serious, serious damage to the central nervous system. So in my point of view, Ivermectin uh, cannot be used to treat or prevent virus infection, even in animal. And in addition, and several dogs, for example, uh, breeds collies, Shetland uh, sheep dogs, and their hybrid are extremely susceptible to the Ivermectin. This is due to the mutation in the MDRA gene, which cause Ivermectin toxicity to be very easy. And as a result, that's why in veterinary medicine, the use of avermectin as antiviral is dismissed. Okay, and our patient safety is extremely important. All right, and then uh, in my point of view, and uh, actually I already wrote an article to this newspaper and already been published prior announcement from the Minister of Health Malaysia saying that avermectin actually doesn't work for the COVID-19 patients. And then you have to know what is avermectin. Avermectin is a microcyclatin that belongs to the microcyclic group of drugs such as doramectin, selamectin, and milbemycin. It's among the group of microcyclatin utilized by the veteran in the veterinary sector. Beside avermectin, it is in the same group, meaning that it has the same mode of action. FDA has approved the drug used for the animals, including farm animals such as cattle and goat, as an antiparasitic medicine to treat parasitic infestations such as tick, mites, lice, meaning that ectoparasite and also endoparasite involving worms such as uh, worm and helmings. In addition, it also can be used to treat heartworm diseases in the dogs, higher dose it can cause toxicity to the animal. So in this way, we, we, we don't see the avermectin can become antiviral to treat a COVID, COVID in a viral. So uh, I still believe that uh, avermectin is an anti, anti-parasite. It works against the parasite, not a virus. So, uh, do you think like there are some like veterinarians scope in to educating the public through this matter? Like a doctor did write, did wrote an article, right? Yes. And what are the title of the article? The title in the World Up is in Bahasa and it be published in the Cosmo. The title is uh, Usah 
melulu menggunakan ivermectin because the thing is public think that ivermectin works against COVID-19 and then they purchase the ivermectin that be used in animal through online platform and it is very dangerous okay, because they feel they believe that ivermectin works as a prophylactics against COVID but interestingly the published journal that published the data about the about the effectiveness of avomectin against COVID has been drawn out. I see. Thank you, Doctor. To wrap things up for this episode, uh, veterinary drugs, as we know, it involves like meticulous research and development and also specialized people and teams and also takes a very long time. Yes, you are right. Yeah, and the new, like, if, if we, even if we have new emerging drugs, that can have new ways of mitigating diseases to its patient and it also can bring the country to new heights. But for this, we need lots of data and also lots of research. Thank you, Dr. Klukman, for these wonderful insights. And also, thank you, Ashley, and also many, many thanks to the listeners. I would like to thank to the audience and also thank to RBSA for inviting uh, me for these sessions. I hope I, I can give a little bit uh, insight and input and I hope it benefits uh, to the audience. So once again, thank you, doctor, and have a good day, everyone.